the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax. Your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Everybody. In case you didn't know, you have tuned into Texas Steampunk Connection. Happy New Year. Happy New and Year. It is, this is our New Year's show. Um, episode 21 officially. The last of season two. Yes. Ooh. We're gonna finish up season two with this episode. And we're gonna be prepping for season for the next one. I think I'm gonna call it 3.0. <laughs> oh, okay, that's very high tech. Yeah. A toast. Toast. toast to us. To us. Another year of podcasting. And to you, listeners out there. Thank you so toast much to for you. listening. And to steampunk. And to steampunk. May we ever mind our gauges. <laughs> mind your gauges. <laughs> In case anybody's curious, to me it just means don't be an asshole. Well, this show has taken a sudden plummet. <laughs> yeah. You it's been a long year. And essentially, it's the recently. I mean, what steampunk season just ended? <laughs> Yes, yes. Everything the, season just ended. It's weird, right? So, being in Texas, there's very little time to to actually go out and do stuff. Because do of the stuff heat. out outdoors. But December 31st rolls around and everything stops. Yeah, just boom. You're, you're missing like another. There's a solid month here where nothing's going to happen right. before things pick up again. I don't know why there's a burnout. But the holidays. Yeah, yeah, the holidays. Like I said, I call it steampunk Traveling. season because we did like four or five things of steampunk stuff in this last couple of mo- in a or, month. Or, or we should have. Yeah. Well, I did. <clears throat> I, yeah, I went to. Well, yeah, we went to Dickens on a Strand, Dickens on Main, mm-hmm. Steampunk November. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was awesome. There was one other thing we went to, and then I, w- I also went to Kerrville for their steampunk for first gathering out there. I mean, a lot of steampunk every weekend. Something was happening. Something was happening. So it was been a very busy month. Listeners, I hope you were as busy as we were. Yes, uh, it was, I it hope was a you blast. had a great time. Let's continue to have a great time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss it, man. We need, <laughs> we need, we need, we need more stuff. I, yeah, this kind of stuff true. needs to go every year. Come on, once a month, at least once a month, at least. <laughs> so I mean, okay. Speaking of once a month or whatever, do we have any kind of resolutions that we want to talk about? Any kind of <laughs> goals that we want to talk about? Well, oh, we have oh, a wait. reading. Oh, we have a reading. That's we right. We do have a reading. <clears throat> can you read? Are, yes. Are you, are, can you see yes. straight? Okay. I am, no, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. This is from a, a website called Racing Nelly Bly, and it discusses how New Year's Eve rocked in the Victorian era. It rocked. <laughs> from the Victorian era's version of first foot superstitions on New Year's Eve to speed dating on New Year's Day, we can thank Queen Victoria for many of our Christmas and New Year's traditions. Thank you, Queen Victoria. It's midnight. <laughs> Did you hear footsteps? Footsteps. Queen Victoria had a passion for the New Year's Eve celebration of Hogmanay, which means the last day of the year. While it is a Scottish tradition, the origins are most likely Norse or Gaelic. As with most celebrations, the customs vary from one area to another. Gift-giving and special attention to first footing were critical to New Year's Eve in the Victorian era as they are today. First footing literally means the first foot to cross your threshold after midnight. That person should bring a gift of bread, salt, coal, whiskey, food, or greenery to ensure a prosperous and healthy year ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't bring any of that stuff. Jewelry I know my choice. <laughs> Jewelry works, too. In addition to bringing an appropriate gift, there's one more thing that guarantees a prosperous year. The first footer should be great looking. Traditionally, tall, dark men were preferred as the first foot, while blondes were generally considered bad luck. (laughs) Customs and superstitions around First Foot Visitor were collected in Folklore Magazine. The who was hot and who was not results were summarized in a table by John Riss and T.W.E. Higgins in the June 1892 edition. It was difficult (laughs) to make the hot list, so all we can say is thank goodness for wigs, hair dye, and stiletto heels. So nothing's changed. I look great (laughs) in stiletto heels. (laughs) Thanks to Queen Victoria, pets, particularly dogs, were invited into the home and considered important members of the family. We wonder if the first paw could be considered best luck of all on New Year's (laughs) Eve. No doubt. 
Let's celebrate a few New Year's superstitions. Traditional New Year's superstitions and customs abound among the do's and don'ts. Clean your house prior to New Year's. Take out all trash. Clear your hearth so a new fire can be lit. Do not work on New Year's Day. Lit candles should not be carried outside. Do not do laundry. Do wear a new piece of clothing on New Year's Day or risk bad luck. Ring bells at midnight to chase away evil. I don't have a bell. Let's just do it. We'll toast. (laughs) (laughs) Wealthier people should give gifts to reward their loyal servants. Everyone must have money in their pocket, even small children. Auld Lang Syne is a Scots poem by Robert Burns, but based on earlier traditional versions, the Hogmanay custom of singing Auld Lang Syne is common in many countries, just as it was in the Victorian era. A true Scottish custom is to sing in a circle and link arms for the final stanza, as the lyrics direct. Many people of the Victorian era saved their celebrations for New Year's Day. Early on in the Victorian era, this was a day for gift-giving, feasts, and visits to family and friends. Everyone wore their finest clothes for the occasion. According to Sunny O'Neill in The Gift of Christmas Past, A Return to Victorian Traditions, people of the Victorian era also used New Year's Day to wipe out their social obligations from the previous year. Wealthy people opened their mansions to visitors, offering huge spreads of food and drink. For young people, New Year's Day was a time for calling. Women and boys up to age 10 stayed home, while gentlemen and eligible bachelors visited houses. Some gentlemen would visit between 30 and 100 houses on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. Was that their way of prowling for new... Of course. They would be obliged to have a drink at each house. (laughs) Eligible bachelors would leave their calling cards to show that they had visited. Was this the equivalent of leaving a text message after a speed dating event? Happy New Year. Man, I don't even know if I know 100 people to go visit. I don't think they <laughs> Let alone had to 30 people. <laughs> know them. Just so just go up and knock on the door. Hey. <laughs> what you got to drink? <laughs> right. Now, you're supposed to bring a gift to each one of those, right? Yes. Wow. Which makes that so you're carrying a, your Santa Claus. Yeah, kinda. but say so you're carrying a sack over your shoulder. <laughs> and you get your milk and cookies. Uh, that is to say. Your, your, your drink of some kind. <laughs> well, that's a lot of people to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, uh, listening to this made me think about uh, what sort of Texas traditions we have. Not necessarily Victorian, because I have no idea. But <laughs> I know we we definitely have traditions that we uh, do yeah. during New Year's, particularly eating black-eyed peas. Mm-hmm. I never understood that. I don't it, know why. It's a Southern <laughs> tradition, but not necessarily a Tejano <laughs> right. tradition. It might be, but my, my, like I said, I'm a very bad Mexican. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's black-eyed peas, some kind of greens, usually cabbage or collards, mm-hmm. and cornbread. And supposedly the cornbread is to symbolize gold, the greens are to symbolize paper money, oh. and the black-eyed peas are either to keep away the evil eye because they look like little eyes, right. okay, or yeah. it's to symbolize coins. Huh. So that's sort of a little Santeria kind of thing? Yeah. Or, or so it's, uh, it's basically just like golden money and stuff like that. And then uh, pork. We we eat pork uh, for New Year's. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like because <laughs> it's the only thing that can allow us to chuck down those black-eyed peas and greens. <laughs> well, I, I that would leave me out then because I, I can't eat pork. I'm allergic. Yeah. But apparently the pork is a very lucky meat. The pig might disagree <laughs> with you. Pig, yeah. <laughs> but that's actually a Celtic thing, too. The the Celts ate pigs for various sacred traditions. I'm also reading here that some choose to eat 12 grapes, one grape for each month of the new year for good fortune. I hadn't oh, heard of that before. That's a new one, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm getting this from the Texas Less Traveled website. Oh, okay. What else have we got here? Wear something new on New Year's Day. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we know where that comes from. Queen and wear, wear red clothing on New Year's Day. That feels like it's sort of a thro- uh, holdover from Christmas. I don't know. Red clothing. <coughs> red I clothing. I have that one either. New one to me. Your leftover Santa bits. <laughs> I'm red. assuming like maybe the, the fire crack, the fireworks is like a spinoff of the ring the bell to scare away mm-hmm. evil spirits kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and you red make, scares make loud away noises. fairies. Yeah. Fairies do not like the color red. And neither do gypsies. What about the red hats? Aren't they a fairy? Did. Yeah, I think we're we're getting into the weeds there. Uh, red caps are not something you want. Yeah, no, they're not either. nice. I know what they are, and I know why their hats are red. <laughs> but but right, right, uh, distraction, uh, kissing under or, or kissing at midnight. 
I think everybody is that the speed dating the, part here does that. <laughs> yeah. uh, here, here if being I can. in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, schnookums. Oh. <laughs> Y'all need a moment. <laughs> Money in your pockets. Or we talked about that. Doors and windows should be left open at midnight to let the old year out. It is butt cold. You can forget that. <laughs> this year was. This year. Yeah. It's not it's, usually. It snows. It's snowing. We got two two snows in a season this year. That was crazy. Well, it was early, it was snowing earlier today. Yeah, it snowed on about Year's. 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. Yep. In Texas, that's <clears> unusual. First, I think I never. Re- I can't recall the last time I did that. Let alone snowing twice in a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pantry stocked with food. You talked about that. Mm-hmm. The first words you hear. In the minutes have of the new year will set the pace for the entire year. That, that seems sort of a <laughs> that's kind of l- like the first person to come into your house. Mm-hmm. Is very much of that that magical realism. Yeah. And a baby born on New Year's Day has good luck for the rest of their life, <laughs> except for their birthday, <laughs> which they have to share with Christmas, and that blows. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will come to your birthday party. New Year's Eve. We've got other plans. Sorry, right. buddy. Yeah, we got a New Year's Eve party to go to. Yeah, can you imagine trying to throw a kid party on New Year's oh, Eve? Oh, no. Oh, forget it. Oh, Unless you're volunteering to babysit all the people, other people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> that way you, your kid can have your friend, their friends over or something. I don't know. That sounds awful. <laughs> Here's one for you, Flavio. What was that? Poultry should never be eaten January 1st. Oh, man. <laughs> poultry scratch for their food. So those who eat poultry will scratch for their food all year. <laughs> Oh, man, that's what I've been doing wrong. Damn it. So that's very interesting. Oh, wow. Is there anything, about, anything in there about resolutions or whatnot? Uh, I didn't look for it. I don't but know where the tra- tradition of resolutions comes from. It's like trying to make a clean slate or you know starting off a new thing. Right. Yes, kind of thing. Yeah, just the whole like have clean clothes and have a clean hearth and take out all your garbage. Take out your garbage. Yeah. Which should be done normally anyway. I yeah, think. you would think. <laughs> Especially if you're having company over. Sure. Okay, let's hit up Wikipedia. The New Year's resolution is a tradition, but most common in the Western Hemisphere. Also found in the Eastern Hemisphere, in which a person resolves to change an undesired trait or behavior Almost to accomplish same, yeah. a personal goal or otherwise improve their life. With religious origins in Bab- uh, with the Babylonians... I thought you were going to say Baptist. Made Holy promises <laughs> to their gods at each at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. The Romans began each year making promises to God Janus. Janus doesn't January. He, I was like, isn't that a money market uh, <laughs> a fund manager company? <laughs> I think so. In the medieval era, era, the knights took the peacock vow at the end of the Christmas season of each year to reaffirm their commitment to chivalry. And at watch night services, many Christians prepare for the year ahead by praying and making these resolutions. That's interesting. Yeah. So that goes by back much farther than the Victorian era. Definitely. Yes. But it's tradition. So no. should, should we do that? I we should. We should. Do that. We should. Resolutions? Let, let me real really quick sure apologize here. I have been sick yeah. for the last week. It is flu season, and I, I picked a short straw, so I sound a little <laughs> messy. But we're, we're carrying on. Yes, continue. Right. So in the New Year tradition of gift, just wanted to say our friend Jim Condit yeah. gave us several bags of goodies. Oh, yes, are, yes. So we wanted to give a big shout-out to Jim. Shout-out to so Jim much. for your, you, Jim. your spring cleaning. and uh, he gave me this really cool hat, as well as a bag of stuff and boxes of stuff. All, all kinds so much of goodies. Stuff. All kinds of stuff. There's um, a lot of cool stuff in there. He's, unfortunately, it's because he's moving out of state. He doesn't want to take it with him. But we'll be sad to see him go. go. Very much. But thank yeah. you for your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's also handing out bottles of wine for each, with each, which each with each purchase. Wait, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you agree but, to um, go get a bag of stuff, he will give you a bottle of wine to take home. Or if you just show up, I think. Yeah. If you just show <laughs> up, he'll give you a bottle of wine. He's trying to divest. <laughs> I think he did say something about having a going away party where he, where the rest of the wine that's left over will be drunk. <laughs> now that we know about it, yes, it will. As, as well as his well-stocked liquor cabinet that I saw. <laughs> we will take care of that for you. No problem. <laughs> Jim, I've seen pictures of your house. It is fantastic. It is a very nice house. That, that's going to be hard to walk away from. It would be for me, anyway. Is it on the market? Maybe? Mm. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> it's on the far side of Pflugerville from where I live. Yeah. It's only another 15 minutes. Look, it was a little bit bigger than I thought it was, actually. And I've been living there for a while. <laughs> I don't but go in that I, direction very often. I, I would <laughs> estimate it grows 
uh, year upon year. Well, it's, well it's, it's hemmed in by Round Rock and Hutto. <laughs> there's, hmm. a, there's, there's, not a whole, there's not a whole lot of extra space for it to go. But we were talking about New Year's resolutions. Right. Yes, yes. And so... Uh, I think um, other than resolution per se, I'm going to say goals. I have I like a those. goal. So if you <laughs> if you don't reach your goals, it's, it's not... Uh, it's like a total failure. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, who should we start with? You want me to start? I'll start. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I have two in mind. One's kind of steampunkish, not totally, not really. I want to, I want to get another tattoo. Whoa! But I want to get, but I want to get a steampunk type tattoo, <laughs> type of tattoo. Well, I have a couple of ideas of what I want. One of them's pretty simple. You know, the I'm a, I'm a Taurus. I want to, you know, you know the astrological, si- the astrological, astrological signs that yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah. And, you know, the Taurus is like a circle with the horns or whatever. I want oh, some okay. You know that I, I kind of want like a steampunk version of that, maybe. Oh, so you're looking for an artist? Yes, mm. <laughs> yes I am. I know we know I know we have plenty of artist friends out there and listeners. Yep. I'm I'm willing to bet. Probably, hopefully. So if you can get me a steampunk astrological Taurus sign, <laughs> we can make your art uh, permanent on me. Semi permanent. Yeah, I mean it, was, it won't be my first tattoo. I've had a tat- I've had a tattoo for years. You know, so. <laughs> and if you meet him and ask real nicely, he'll show it to you. <laughs> So that's my first goal in, in the steampunk genre, kind of, I guess you can say. Okay. Right. My other goal is not really steampunk, but it is podcasting related. Okay. I, I, I want to put out another show, you know, just of a different, not a steampunk podcast, not a, but another podcast. I have several ideas in mind. I've already tweeted that I'm looking for a writer partner for one of them. I'm also looking for, for a different idea I have. I need a female co-host that's a nerd, geek, preferably younger. For the v- ideas I have for it, it works. The dynamic will work for the idea I have. And another one, well... It's already, I already got a cast of people with that, and I'm not really. It's not really mine. It's kind of. It's a co-op. It's a co-op with Nathan. So eventually, you know, throughout the year, hopefully, it, I'll get at least one of them done. It's Nathan Dougherty. We interviewed. Yes, we, uh, yes for his end play. of season one. Yeah, his Sherlock Holmes play that he was in. Yeah, we're gonna get, start getting together and working on that one soon. Hopefully, by the end of the year, I'll have at least another podcast going, maybe two. Th- those are my goals. You? Okay. <laughs> all right. My goals are not that specific. Yeah, I've I've, I've got some some general goals i think for the new year this year i'd like to travel more i feel like and and specifically going to steampunk conventions and steampunk events uh, a little further away than i'm used to sort of i'll probably be joining you on that one sort (laughs) of uh push my my uh boundaries this last year i just didn't have a whole lot of time off for work and i was afraid of going over that time but this year looks like it's going to be a little different i have i have a new owner (laughs) And that's exactly how I wanted, made, <laughs> intended to make it sound. But the company that bought us out should be giving me another week awesome. that I didn't have before. Uh, so I'll have more time to work with. So, yeah, yeah, that, that I hope will be fun. And a, a number of times last year, we, we made plans to go to things. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, we sort of pushed out on them. And I, I really don't want to uh, do that again. I want to, you know, follow through. Because when we went to things... You had fun. We had a good time. Yes. yes and I want exactly. to have good times. Yes, yes. That's a big one. I like that. In fact, I'm, I, mean, I can tack that onto mine as well because I like to travel too. And I was thinking about Well, oh, no, last year you tried to go to uh, Wild, Wild, Wild West, West in, Fest um, in Arizona. Arizona, yeah. And that's, uh, that's, I think that's coming up soon, like in March. No. It's later. It's early, it's, it's early in the year. It's not late it's in the year. It's about a 16-hour drive. It's not horrible. <laughs> I can do 10 of it with no problem. I can go from here to El Paso in one shot. I've done it many times. I did it twice that in is, one week. That is not something I look forward to. But, but, uh, but I can but I can do the driving is what I'm saying for most of that. We went to Arizona for a wedding some years ago and it was a long yes, long haul. It is a long Ooh. drive. But Arizona is a beautiful state. I was really surprised at how really lovely it is. So we should look, we should look into that one. I was equally surprised at seeing how ugly West Texas is. That was no surprise <laughs> to me. I've seen it There's, before. Not surprising, <laughs> yeah. All sorts of nothing out there. Yeah, I think we mentioned this before once again. Those big stand-up cactus with the arms, not in Texas. No. <laughs> no, that's Arizona. Any um, more resolutions? I, I, I also like to resolve to build more things. Yes. Build more things. Uh, You're always building things, though. I'm always starting projects or collecting things for projects, okay, but so I don't finish, finish the things. <laughs> okay. And so this, this year, I really want to put more of an effort toward finishing those projects and, uh, yeah, yeah, getting some sort of self sense of accomplishment also, once they're finished, I can get them out of my house. <laughs> That's an important thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially since, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Erica agrees with that. Get it out of the house. Mm-hmm. So those are, I think, my, my big goals for the coming year. Those are good ones. I yeah. like them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. I have a couple of craft projects that I really need to finish. I have a teacup holster that I want to oh, yeah? 
that I started on forever ago, and I just well, we haven't ju- we finished We just got it. a whole bunch of scrap leather. That's true. <laughs> and then I have a headphones that I was going to put like foam wings on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I started that a million years ago. And I, I, would, I, I haven't finished my jetpack I started yeah, on. I am wanting to refine and upgrade my steampunk aviator costume as well. Those are my steampunk-related goals for the year. And I like traveling. I want to do that some more, too. Belize <laughs> in May, for sure. Yes, yes. We're definitely uh, booked for uh, adventure into the wild jungle of Belize, uh, which we did a few years ago and had such an amazing time. But this time you're going to a different section where the chocolate festival is? Mm-hmm. Yes, the south of Belize, which is a lot less touristy and more rural, more native peoples rather than <laughs> tourist traps. So that should be nice. I mean, Key Cocker, I will never be able to say enough good things about Key Cocker. It's a great place. It's it's the island of misfit toys. It's it's <laughs> so awesome. But yeah, I, I, I don't think that it's really representative of the country as a whole. So those are those are our goals, I think. Awesome. And what else? Yeah, so f- um, feel free to talk to us on Facebook and let us know what your goals were or are going to be for the year. Oh, I should mention this. We have a Twitter account now. <laughs> oh, hooray. You can tweet I, at I, us. I still, I still I don't quite understand Twitter as much still. I don't I'm understand Twitter it. either. Um, Send us your twats. It's basically, it's, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, I, I put it on our Facebook page, the, 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 what our... Twitter is, handle is, but it's basically, it's TX Steampunk Connection. So it's not completely Texas, it's TX. And they assigned this other thing to me, which I don't know where it came from, but it's at TX Steam Connect 1. I don't know why. It just popped, it just it just assigned it to me arbitrarily, I guess. But if okay. they're gonna, was too long. If they're going to put the at on there, it's at TX Steam Connect 1. All right. <sighs> so I don't, I don't know how that, what the difference is between the two, but I called it text TX Steampunk Connection, and then it gave me this other thing on there. Although I'm sure you can find us. All right. Um, we'll figure out how to work it into our, yeah, yeah. our bigger process <laughs> exactly cool cool yeah we should probably make a goal to put these episodes out more on time every two weeks <laughs> i'm not really sure what our schedule is anymore it's two every two weeks Ish. i don't know if it's going to be a wednesday <laughs> or <a> tuesday <laughs> or whatever, but it's whenever i can get it edited is when it is okay happens, yeah we know. need to make a commitment to being more consistent with our recording and releasing of the texas steampunk connection podcast it's because like, i know our listeners are out there just waiting pining <laughs> away like, why where are you Yes. Sorry, guys. We'll, we'll try to be better at it. Like, like I think, for instance, we are a little bit behind on this one. Just, a Just barely, but it's okay. By the time I get it out, it'll be late. <laughs> you know, life gets in the way, holidays, all that kind of stuff. It's um, okay. So <laughs> when you're listening to this, you can open another bottle of champagne. Yeah, there you go. And pretend that it's New Year's. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Hooray. Hey. Woo. All right. I'm, I'm looking at the Twitter feed, and there's some stuff going on, but I don't know where, you know, there's like threads of this and that and comments here. I don't understand any of it. I think somebody's talking to me. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Under the notification. I don't know. It's all confusing, but I'll figure it out. Unless somebody wants to help me with it. Give me a tutorial. I don't know. What next? What do we got going now? What's next on our Should we talk about docket? upcomings, or should we talk hmm. about what we've been up to? Uh, the latest thing we've been up to, we saw a movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolverine Wolverine sings. No, no, no. <laughs> no? Well, kind of. I mean, I w- guess. Wolverine the musical? <laughs> no, no, no. That was La Miz. Oh. <laughs> they weren't very happy people. Wolverine and the crying children. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. Okay. Well, they, look, they could have been mutants in this movie. I mean, we we went to see The Greatest Showman. Yes. Which is not about Wolverine. No, it's Hugh Jackman, right? Yeah. Yes, the all-singing, all-dancing Hugh Jackman, who is a really good dancer and an okay singer. <laughs> I wonder if they, did they auto tune him? You think? No, yes. I think he's. Well, I, they might not have auto tuned him, but I think they auto tuned a lot of the other singers. It kind of <laughs> sounded like it uh, with all the note bending. Yeah. Either that or that's just how people sing these days. I don't really know. Uh, so overall, it, yeah, the movie was okay. It wasn't terrible. Okay, at this point fantastic. we need to let's let's start with <laughs> right. let, let's start with saying. There's going to be spoilers. If you are holding out to see this movie and you don't want it completely spoiled for you, this next section is not for you. On the other hand, it is a musical. There are no big surprises. Everything happens exactly the way you expect it to happen. It's a musical. Right. And oh, what a terrible musical it is. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. I hate musicals anyway. 
So I'll just put that in as a caveat. I hate musicals. I loathe musicals. Yes, it was funny. Every time they start singing, I can even hear two two seats away. Oh God, or saying something like that, or <laughs> not again. Or... Scrunching down in my seat, putting my fingers over my ears. It was egregious. Now it didn't help that <laughs> this wasn't a, the music itself wasn't all that great. No, no, it was. Uh, I mean, it was. Okay, I guess before anybody, it's it's a story about P.T. Barnum. Okay, yeah, I guess I guess we're jumping he, ahead. He of created the circus. P.T. Barnum, the greatest showman. showman of the greatest show on earth. It was his his origin story. If he was an X Man, and there's questions as to whether this is in well, how, any way historically how, yeah, how accurate. Close it was to accuracy, yeah. It's like he apparently he grew up poor. He married into a rich family, and he wanted to movie. prove himself in the movie. Yeah, this is what happened in the movie. He married into a rich family. Of course, you know, the, the father didn't like him. He wanted to prove himself, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, he had to uh, validate himself as worth this old man's cherished daughter, even though his wife had no concerns about what her parents thought. And, yeah, I, I don't know if that's accurate to history. It definitely makes great efforts to paint P.T. Barnum in the best light possible. Yeah, definitely. It does he that. is the hero of this musical. Right. He's a rags-to-riches hero. <coughs> he... Uh... Meets these oddities and treats them with respect and tells them that, you know, other people might think that you're ugly, but they don't see in you what I see in you. You are amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. So he might have said those things. He might have said those things. But they play him up as being very egalitarian and very, if you've got a talent, I want to display it for all the world to see and appreciate. But I'm not really sure that that History does not paint him in such a light. No. 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 E.T. Barnum is generally considered to be a... An exploiter of the uh, oddities. Uh, I think he was also kind of a con man too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's how he. Got I mean, it. they. That's, according to the, even in this movie though, they showed how he got his first loan for the bank. He used uh, the deeds of some ships that were already sunk in the water. <laughs> you know, yeah. From a, from the company that fired them. I don't him. believe that's historically accurate either. <laughs> but, but it was a, it was it was a cute plot device. Yeah, it was a nice little con kind of thing. And you didn't like the guy who was his boss before, so you didn't care that he was right. swindling. Which seems unfair. I mean, you know nothing about his boss before, except he had a villainous mustache, and he didn't care about P.T. Barnum's great ideas because everybody just got sacked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? If I had that on my mind, I wouldn't be listening to P.T. Barnum drone on either. Yeah. True. But, yeah, the, it, it's a musical, so everything happens very quickly. There's not a lot of well-paced plot development. It's just sort of flown through as people sing. Then he meets this other rich g- kid guy, playwright person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, he's always, it's always been, to me, it's always been Barnum and Bailey. But this guy wasn't Bailey. No. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It doesn't say anything about this other guy that was in the movie. No, <laughs> he know? was just no. the pretty boy love interest yeah. for Zendaya. So, yeah, the movie was not historically accurate in, in terms of what actually happened in P.T. Barnum's life or how he treated people. But it was very, it had its entertaining moments. It was, you know. I was kind of surprised at some of the issues that they brought up in the movie and tried to tackle. Obviously, they talked about, you know, the, the freaks class. of society and classism, but also like, like racism yeah. in Victorian era, right, uh, which is really hard to talk about without it being like super painfully a downer. Right. Because yeah. it's dead awful. Right, they had a an interracial relationship problem, and right. they showed that by having you know the father of the man, the white man, not approve. Kind right. Of yeah. Yeah. Well, um, here's an interesting thing from Wikipedia. Barnum was actually a <laughs> a politician. He served two terms in the Connecticut legislature in 1865 as a Republican, and uh, professional flimflammer. When they ratified the Thirteenth Amendment regarding slavery and African-American suffrage, Barnum spoke out before the legislature and said, and this is a real quote, he really said this, a human soul that God has created and Christ died for is not to be trifled with. It may tenant the body of a Chinaman, a Turk, an Arab, or a Hottentot. It is still an immortal spirit. So on some level, he did believe in the equality of the races, or at least he said it to sound good on the political arena right. but he's also i don't know that's kind of that did that sound good at the time or was that uh I'm challenging sure, i'm of, sure it was a bit of a controversial yeah uh, statement it's like how, so because he's, he's saying everybody's equal essentially yeah what's a hot and tot i don't know but he's also been widely but erroneously credited with con- coining the phrase there's a sucker born every minute yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well he's been, but it's not saying he's been erroneously credited right <laughs> right 
Yeah, the quotes that I've read of his sound generally more, like you say, egalitarian. Mm -hmm. He talked a good game, but apparently he was rather exploitive of his talent. Well, he did run a circus. Right, right. And they struggled, or they uh, established that struggle, I, I think, between wanting to be egalitarian and wanting to make money and make himself yeah. as uh, a upper class mm -hmm. and in order to do that he had to sort of shun the same people who were bringing him up i thought that tension was really good in yeah. the movie and i didn't know how they were going to treat that or if they were going to ignore it so i thought there were some good things about this movie the cinematography i thought was fantastic there was a lot of it was very pretty yeah a lot really of really great the shots sets and the costumes were really great they were fantastic they were very atmospheric I'm not sure how historically accurate some of the theatrical gowns were. No, but no, the, not a chance. The street costumes looked really good yeah. mm -hmm. and seemed really accurate. And they actually used color, which you don't think of when you think of Victorian times. Yeah, everything was very of, colorful. You think of the you know sepia tone, black and gray and brown and all that. But they, you know, it's historically correct that Victorians actually loved color because that was a time of the Industrial Revolution when chemical dyes were becoming more readily available. Right. And the green one made you go crazy. Yeah. but So people were like, you know, this is cool. We can dye our clothes all these amazing colors, and we can wear hot pink and bright purple and orange and green. And, yeah, so so that was... Well, there was at least one point in the movie where Flavio went, oh, I want that hat. Yeah, it was a nice <laughs> maroonish color hat. It was mm -hmm. nice. I liked it. Yeah, I think you should get that. <laughs> and I thought the choreography was great. There was a lot of, I, I thought, good dancing. Yeah. For no reason. It's a musical. <laughs> the reason is it's a musical. <laughs> the the nature of musicals is people start singing and dancing for no reason. <laughs> oh, I hate what else good can we talk about? This? I don't want to pop claws in the people. I want to dance. <laughs> uh, one of the things they did not talk about was the abuse of, of animals and poor yeah. treatment of animals. I think yeah. that was just probably... They had CGI elephants they, and they, they a couple did. lions that I saw to jump through fire hoops. Those um, poor CGI lions. Hey, they didn't catch on fire. <laughs> but considering all the other issues they tried to tackle in this, you know, all singy dancy movie, I, I thought they did pretty, pretty well on, on that regard. And actually, in real life, the circus has retired its elephants. Yes, they have. So That's pretty good. much all of their animals. Yeah, but yeah. I think the elephants happened like last year, and was very uh, widely publicized and really mm -hmm. kind of a huge step mm -hmm. forward. That's a big thing, yeah. You know, because elephants are sentient creatures. Right. We I know think that um, as smart or smarter than people. That that circus show we went to. Smarter than one person I can think of. <laughs> True. Stage circus show that we saw in 1903 with uh -huh. the, giant, the giant puppet elephant. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a puppet, and it, but it looked real enough. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. If you're in Las Vegas, go see that show. We saw it when it was still traveling, but I think yeah, it was here in Austin. Yeah, we saw mm -hmm. it. They're just in Las Vegas now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth worth seeing. You know, and I, and and like uh, uh, Cirque du Soleil is a show that I really enjoy, and there's no animals in that at all. It's puppetry and acrobatics. Lots of acrobatics. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and it can be argued that, you know, some of these people are from countries where people are exploited and uh, yeah. not treated fairly and but not it, paid yeah. well. You know, but when it comes to exploiting animals versus exploiting ugly people. Did you say ugly I'm people? Ugly people. Ugly people. Aww. <laughs> Well, the beautiful not. people exploit themselves. I, I, you know, who cares about them? I don't know. Some of those Circus LA people are pretty beautiful. Yeah, very yes. athletic. But yeah, I mean, a person at least has some agency in saying, you know, okay, I don't do like this, the way yeah. I'm being treated. Maybe I can find some other options. But animals do not have that. Right. Um, so if I have to draw a line, but they're, yeah. they're, they're you know they're 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 people with talent and they're performing stuff and they're being you know they're I guess I'm assuming they're getting paid. Yes. <laughs> you know? And they're getting to travel. I mean, around but, the I mean, world. like with me, I I work and I'm and I I travel and I get paid and sometimes I feel like I'm being exploited with the shit they had me do for work. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I'm just a normal everyday American. You know. So. I guess we can all have that feeling sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So you know? yeah. So, We've I mean, gone off a little. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So there's the a movie. movie. It was very pretty. <laughs> it was very pretty. I didn't care for the for the musical part of it. I didn't like the singing at all. I didn't like. Uh, yeah, they used well, all this... modern music, even when Jenny Lynn yes, was singing so uh, modern. opera. Yeah, the opera singer was not singing opera. No, she was singing some pop ditty that was really obnoxious. Something wasn't enough. 
it's yeah, it's never <laughs> it, enough. It was for all me. very very modern and just not very good. It all right. it all sounded the same. It all kind of sounded yeah, which isn't necessarily bad. A lot. Yeah, you know, there are other musicals that they they have this one piece of music they continue to Use the regurgitate sort of theme, in different des- right. uh, but but this one never had any hook. Yeah. That we wanted to hear again. Right, right. Like Moulin Rouge, this movie reminded me in some places of Moulin Rouge, at least visually. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, the musical yeah, numbers and the dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Moulin Rouge used kind of cabaret adaptations of modern music. Yeah, they did mm-hmm. it really well. And and oh. there were some songs that would come up during certain times when the main couple was having a problem or they're loving each other or whatever. There's like major and minor key variations oh, yeah, of yeah. the same song to sort of bring the audience into, oh, this is about them. This is right. a little... Oh, you have know. you ever seen Across the Universe? No. Beatles? Mm-hmm. It's all Beatles yeah. covers? Basically, I want to hold your hand is a lesbian unrequited lesbian unrequited love song. Okay. In that one. All right. Aww. And so every time they look at each other, you can sort of hear some variation of "I want to hold your hand" yeah. playing in the background, or they sing a few notes of the song to each other, or whatever. And it's very sweet. But this didn't really have that. I mean, I think there were songs that kept coming back, but they sounded so much like all of the other songs that you couldn't really pick right them out. It, like. Like what you said in Moulin Rouge, they were sort of adapted to a cabaret style yeah. that sort of anchored it into the time period. Yeah, like this the, had nothing like that. Yeah, well, like it was just modern, just music, just dull songs music. Sing, yeah, is this a what, lot we're of trying to get. We're trying to get our. We're trying to get our feelings across, but eh. auto tune, <laughs> vocal fry, and uh, that little bendy note at the end where you kind of go woo. Yeah, a I lot hate, of that. Oh, yeah. I hate that so much, so much. <clears throat> kind of girl pop singer. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It was. It was. Although, I mean, the only. Th- I mean, I guess some of the, the only music that I really kind of liked was when the entire circus group were singing in the ring, and dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That wasn't the best song either, but it was better than all the others. I think in the movie. Well, and I think it was better because there was something to look at. <laughs> yeah, they were singing. They were dancing yeah. as a troupe and doing their whole act thing. Yeah, it was really. And <laughs> honestly, as far as singers go, I think the bearded lady had a better voice than Jenny Lynn. <laughs> Agreed. She yeah. Had, she had. And a she just more soul. Mm-hmm. Which is a vocal she had more, style more that I like. depth and more character mm-hmm. uh, that that you kind of ap- apply to her singing when you when you're listening. I found that I was interested in the plot of the movie up until The Greatest Showman. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman got rich and moved into that mansion. He stopped being like a struggling businessman and mm-hmm. became a rich industrialist. Like, oh, I don't care about you anymore. I want to see right, more now, about... Right, now you're just the, the man. You're the man. I wanted to see more of the characters that you've hired that work in the circus. I was intrigued by those albino women. There's like a good two dozen people performing in there that I know nothing about right. that are probably way more interesting in that, than that boob yeah. a, at this point. And, and they, they had very little screen time, even yeah. for the ones that they did show. The acrobat woman who the other guy fell in love with. I mean, she was on screen, but not that often, really. You don't know anything about and the, the Tom Thumb character, the little guy, the little man. Mm-hmm. You know, the big five hundred pound man, and you know, and the and the bearded lady. Those are the, one, the only ones that actually had any kind of lines, and they didn't really do a whole lot in the movie. They weren't on the screen very often, really. And the movie made such an effort to sell you on why the circus is good, and it worked. Because then I wanted to see more of the circus, but you don't get to see that, <laughs> right? It did, yeah. it did not focus on the circus at all, really. Hugh Jackman being a jerk, and then there was Hugh this... Jerkman. <laughs> And then there was the side plot where he takes Jenny Lynn on a tour of the United States because he, in the in the movie, he thinks of the circus as sort of being trickery and and kind of a con hoaxes, yeah, yeah. But he want but he wants to be like a legitimate theatrical producer or whatever. So he brings in Jenny Lynn, whom he meets at Queen Victoria's court, and uh, she's a famous opera singer in Europe. Yeah, so the most famous European opera singer, right? Presumably, in Europe at the time, mm-hmm. right. And and then he brings her to the, to the Americas and takes her on this tour and she tries to seduce him and he says oh no thank you and so she quits and so but in that the movie, she but you quits. read that doesn't happen in real life no you read in that, real yeah. life that did not happen <laughs> she went on with the tour and then toured herself in, in the movie she quits halfway through the tour leaves him broken penniless yeah because yeah cause uh, because up. he invested so much in this tour and he had to make certain number of shows before he would even make any money and so he comes home. Just in time for a circus to be burning down. Right. Timing. It's all in the timing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this was all you know, for theatrical effect. Right. right. But Erica, you looked it up afterwards, mm-hmm. thanks to Wikipedia. Right. 
And uh, what did you find? I found that Jenny Lind actually completed her tour. She was she had actually retired from opera before she met Hugh Jackman, P.T. Barnum. Um, oh, so it was a a real new opportunity for her. Right. She she only had she had a vo- a vocal injury early on in her career, and she was sort of healed and brought back to snuff by her tutor and her sing- her singing teacher. So she did she only did two seasons in London. And then she retired from opera at age 29. And that was before coming to the U.S. Right. And then that was in like the 1840s. So 1850s, she meets P.T. Barnum and comes to the United States. She gave 93 concerts for him. That's a lot of concerts. 93. So she certainly did not dump out, uh, leave halfway through the show. Right, exactly. And that was over the course of like a year. That's a lot of shows. So when you think about how long and, and... wearying it was to travel back then by either coach or by train and then uh you know having to put in 93 performances while touring the entire united states by these slow moving conveyances that was a pretty grueling schedule definitely but she she did she 93 concerts and then she continued to tour under her own management she herself earned more than three hundred and fifty thousand dollars from back, these concerts, that's a lot of money back then, which is a huge amount of money. That from yeah, it's not a small amount now, but yeah, 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 but, yeah. yeah. That yeah, yeah. So, even, so you can't even buy some houses with that now. Yeah. But she actually gave proceeds to charities, principally the endowment of free schools in Sweden, because and, she was Swedish, right? right? Yeah. And then uh, she met a guy named Otto Goldschmidt, married him, and returned Cha-ching. to Europe. And uh, after she went back to Europe with her new husband, she had children and gave occasional concerts and then moved to England and taught school at the Royal College of Music in London. She became a professor of singing. Yeah, the movie didn't show any of that. Right, fact, the, so movie, the movie almost made it seem like it was going to happen between her and P.T. Barnum because so when he first met her when it, during her first concert, you know, he's looking at her all in awe. You know, oh, like, oh, oh my god, I want eyes. Yeah. And so his wife sees him looking at her like that and you can see his wife kind of like ding in her head like, oh, they want he wants her you he kind of shri- she kind of shrivels. Yeah, but it never happened. And then they go on this tour, and that was that was something that was kind of historically inaccurate. Uh, he comes into her hotel suite, and she's wearing her pajamas, basically her her night her, her negligee. Yeah. And uh, she hands him a flute of champagne, and they're toasting her success. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, in in Victorian times, even in the United States, which were considerably more permissive. That, does, uh, that doesn't you, happen. You would not, a married man would not have walked in and spent any amount of time with a, a young woman in her uh, nothing. Yeah. You know what? Today, <laughs> considering what has transpired over the course of last year. That shouldn't happen anymore either now. I don't know of a single intelligent man who would walk into that room. It's like, mm, nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. Okay, words of the wise, fellas. <clears throat> if a woman who you are not involved with not engaged to, not married to. And she has, it, and definitely she has no interest in you. Is lounging around in her nighty and and offers you champagne. And just walk the other way. Just go. Or you know, uh, know what you're walking into. Exactly. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to cock block or anything, but <laughs> if it's consenting, if, if every party's consenting, <laughs> that's okay. Consent is the word. Walking in is giving your consent. <laughs> this this might be dangerous later. So uh, Jenny Lynn had some quote about champagne, which I can't remember at the top of the top of my head. But in the movie, they're drinking champagne to toast her first successful concert, and she says something like, "Oh no, no proper story ever begins with champagne," or something like that. <laughs> or, un- unlimited champagne always leads to interesting stories. Or I don't remember what she said exactly. But danger, 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 Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> it was foreshadowing, foreshadowing. I tell you. And you assumed, uh, Erica, that. When they're sitting in that room with her and her negligee, that was they were already the doing movie that. code for oh yeah they're stupid yeah <laughs> right so it was very odd to me that he rejected her at that point because I thought <laughs> to myself what are they doing in there what is he doing in the room with her drinking champagne when she's not in her when she's in her negligee her déjabillé so overall in real life compared to this compared to the movie Jenny Lynn. Was not picked up by Barnum or B.T. Barnum at the height of her career. Her career had ended, and yes. he basically restarted it in the U.S. in real life. Yes, yes, she was. She was very famous. She was very acclaimed, but she had retired from opera 
and was only doing, you know, small singing engagements. But by moving to the U.S. with P.T. Barnum, he kickstarted a whole new career that did extremely well for her. Yes. Which is interesting, not like the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, P.T. Barnum did not have a tryst or... or It is not recorded in in anything (laughs) that I have read that that P.T. Barnum and Jenny Lind uh, did the nasty. They did not in the movie either, so... Right, but she... But in the movie, she made a play for him. Oh, yeah, she did make a play for him. And try to frame him by kissing him on stage in front of all the right. cameras. Right, she created yeah. a uh, controversy. Or controversy that was in all the papers by the time he got home, which didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. So the movie created this this plot device to make a story that just just wasn't yeah it kind wasn't of, true. Kind of fell flat too. I mean, it's like yeah, I think if they there there are other ways it could have gone that would involve more of the circus people that we were more interested in. Definitely. Still, still beautiful movie. To, to see. Right. If you like Terrible Moulin movie Rouge, to listen to. You will probably enjoy The Greatest Showman because it's got the same kind of visual know, elements. Moulin Rouge is def- well, visually, yes, but right. yeah, not, not music-wise. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you, if you wanted to like take all of the musical numbers from The Greatest Showman and edit them together with some really kick-ass music instead of <laughs> that, that would be all right. That would be a nice <laughs> music video. Yeah, I think it would have been better if they had just... Instead of writing new songs, I guess, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure these are all new songs for the right. movie. It yeah. might have been better if they had just done what they did with Moulin Rouge and used well, existing songs and I adapted them. I don't have a problem with new songs if they if were good songs. If they were developed in the style of the time oh, or, okay. you know, give me some sort of a grounding in, in the Victorian the, period. Yeah, hook into the plot in some way, not just be... Oh, this is the soundtrack by the latest pop diva, <laughs> right. so and so that you've never heard of, or whatever. Uh, in- insert generic love song here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think maybe Zanaya Zendaya is a pop star of some sort. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I've only seen her uh, her her name in other movie credits. Okay, well maybe that's what um, she does. I I was under no the impression idea. that maybe she was some sort of musical um, personage. What was that comic book movie we watched? It's not a Marvel movie. Um, That's not a Marvel movie, right? With the with the space people from France. Oh, uh, 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 Valerian. <laughs> yeah, Valerian. Okay. Uh, Valerian. That that funny blue girl. Mm-hmm. That was not Zendaya. No, it's not. No, no. You are confusing your. Young I am confusing myself. Actresses. That, no, that was <laughs> they all look alike to me. I don't know. Oh my god! That no, one of them was so blue. The trouble. other one had pink hair. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh. No the the girl in the girl in uh, Valerian was Rihanna. I think I thought. Rihanna's and I never pull out, pull just stop, rip cord out. (laughs) I don't know. The name sounded just similar, and I don't know. One more pet peeve with the movie, and then I think we can probably stop. Yeah. Okay, so they've got these over-the-top, you know, big musical singing, dancing numbers, Hmm. and obviously there's no musicians in the scene, so they're overdubbing the music somehow, you know, but you can. But instead of just overdubbing the music completely and not leaving any background noise, they went ahead and left in the sound of all of these singing, dancing people shuffling feet as they're singing, dancing, and stomping around the stage. And it drove me freaking nuts. <laughs> I hated it so much because I could hear all the shuffling. I think that's actually and some that's part of musicals as well. They I do that in a lot of musicals where you hear like the feet. It. It's like it's supposed to be part of the beat, I think. I didn't you know? like it. It was mm. it was irritating. Moulin Rouge didn't do that, I don't think. Now I'm gonna have to go back and look at it. <laughs> but I don't remember hearing any stuff, scuffling, stomping, shuffling, annoying noises. <laughs> For me, that's like that's right up there with audible chewing. I just hate that. Oh. Jesus. So walk quietly around, Erica. <laughs> at least if you're gonna be singing at me. <laughs> Don't be stomping your feet at the same time. <laughs> no walking and talking. Right. So, I don't know. Worth a matinee, I suppose, I would say. For, yeah. At least for the visuals. Wait for HBO. <laughs> yeah, wait for the Netflix uh, to come out. I really liked the costumes. I, I really, really liked the look yeah, of the movie. That, that, it, was it did look pretty. It was a very beautiful gorgeous. movie. Yes. Even the even the CGI elephants looked cool. They didn't look too CGI. Right. If you're looking for steampunk uh, costume inspiration, <laughs> this is a great movie to just frame by frame yeah. go through and look at what the people are wearing. I mean, I think I think the lions looked a little bit more CGI yeah, than the, lions the, than the elephants did. But other really, than that, I thought the elephants were pretty rubbery. Yeah, see, that's CGI looking but, to me. Right. <laughs> uh, the elephants. I don't know. 
if if well, you don't hate musicals, this might be okay. But you, you should be prepared that it's not the best musical. Right. And if you don't like musicals, then don't bother. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and if you like Hugh Jackman, well, he's wearing some nice pants. So there's that. <laughs> Isn't he topless at one time? Yeah. And yeah. Zac Efron is wearing some nice pants, too. Oh, he's, he's a very pretty man. Yeah. <laughs> you and I have to admit, he's a very pretty man. <laughs> and if you like cleavage, boy, the bearded lady. Cleavage in spades, man. She did have some cleavage. Oh, okay. Hot yeah. diggity. <laughs> She's a, a curvy, full-figured woman. Yes. Oh, yeah. With an amazing voice. All right. I think that's enough about that movie. Normally, we would take a break and tell you what's coming up in the next month, but there's not a whole lot coming up, so we're just going to throw it out there right now. Um, uh, let's start with uh, another movie. Another movie, yes. Another movie we got. Now, this has already been released in the U.S. at... Limited release? Not even a theatrical release, but at, oh. at film festivals. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's coming to theaters or if you're going to have to look for it on Netflix or Hulu or something else. But which surprises me because it's got an all star cast. Yeah. What are we talking about? Current War. That's right. Which is which is what with, with Benedict Ben somebody Cumberbatch Cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> yes. Benadryl Cumberbund with uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yeah. And Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. So if you wanted to see a Doctor Strange Spider Man movie pairing. There you go. This is no, this isn't. It's not it. No. But it's 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 called the current war. It's about uh, Edison. Edison, Thomas Edison, and and Nikola Tesla. AC versus DC. Yep. Back in black. That's Wait, wh- no. <laughs> How much steampunk can you get? You know, Tesla and Edison. We did this before. Tesla versus Edison. Yeah. <laughs> Stole our idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought it was going to be released sometime early in the year, but apparently there's no release date for it officially. No, it, Other came, than, it came out in uh, music festivals, and yeah. now it's gone. So yeah. maybe maybe it didn't do well enough. That it was it was a festival. Mill Valley Film Festival in October, Film Columbia Festival, the Austin Film Festival in October. So it was already um, here. Okay. I, Who I knew? Yeah, I didn't. I don't even know what the Austin Film Festival is. It might be the same time as South by Southwest. There's a big film fest. No, it's October. No, that's what they different. Said. Oh, sorry. So South End by Southwest is a big film festival on it too. Um, fun, fun, fun fest, uh, fantastic fest. I don't know. I don't. There's, There's a, lot a of mess of stuff. A lot of fest here. in Austin that we don't pay attention. And to. then Napa Fe- Valley Film Festival November. <coughs> Excuse but me. Something to keep an eye out for. It will be released January 26th in Norway and February 1st in Argentina. Okay, so if, if you're, you're listening from there, Nor- if you're in Norway or Argentina, keep an eye out for it. Let us All know right, how let's it go is. To Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just yeah, something to keep an eye out for. I I saw it re- I saw it advertised last year, and I thought it was coming out in January. Personally, I thought I saw that, but I I guess I'm completely wrong. Well, doesn't matter. But keep an eye out for it. Right. It may have had hopes of going to, uh, but then they couldn't find any theaters. Yet. But then, I don't know. Yeah, I remember. Never but look for it. Look look for it in your area. It might come to a to an art film theater or something. It's impossible for us to know. Right. There's another movie that we missed that came out was The Man Who Invented Christmas about Dickens, which we, you know, we've gone to Dickens on a Strand, Dickens on Main. So Dickens is a big thing around this time of year. <laughs> yeah, I see you laughing over there. Uh, <laughs> I love Dickens all a, year round. <laughs> but The Man Who Invented Christmas, I don't know. I mean, we were going to watch it, but we never got around to seeing it. So keep an eye out for that on Netflix or whatever. Hey, let us know what you think. We'll, we'll, we'll try to watch it again. We'll, we'll find it eventually yeah. and, and do a review in, in the middle of summer when Christmas has passed, but still. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the, the next thing I see is not until January 25th, 26th. I'm sorry. What is that? The Minardi Gras at the Menard House in Galveston. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're in touch at all with the Galveston Historical Society, they are having a Mardi Gras party on January 26th at the Historical Menard Mansion. It is a beautiful house, definitely worth checking out. This particular party is a beginning to celebrate Mardi Gras at the site of the island's first celebration of the annual fest in 1853. The Michelle B. Menard House joined Galveston Historical Foundation for a night of food, fun, music, and frivolity at Galveston's oldest residence. Tickets are $55 per person, $90 per couple, include access to beverages, heavy hors d'oeuvres, and a live New Orleans brass band. Tickets are limited and advanced reservation is required. So if you can make it down to Galveston for Minardi Gras, that would be a wonderful way to start the Mardi Gras season. You know, I bet Mardi Gras on the Strand is p- 
probably pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. I, I've never done that. But Neither have I. But it, that's kind of it's bound to be a little bit more interesting than Sixth Street Mardi Gras. That's just crazy shit down there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too crowded and people everywhere. And uh, I'd be willing to look into that. Yeah. Although isn't that the same weekend as the Sovereign Scrolls? Oh or no, it's not. Um, no, that that that's the next event. January 20th, if you're into live-action role-playing, the Colleen Sovereign Scrolls steampunk LARP group uh, is having a their second episode. They're calling it The Cult of the Bear Fights the Ancient Evil. Are we the ancient evil? I hope so. <laughs> the tribes of the north ignored the pro- protectorates most of the time. They considered the soft cities weak places full of sheep. But when a great magical evil awakens beneath the ice, the tribes call on the protectorate through treaty and pact. This is a one-day event for the Sovereign Scrolls LARP system. The cost to play is $10, and players receive one build. New players receive double build. Heroes wanted to play within. Now, build okay. means exper- like experience points for after the game to build your character later right. for the next game. Right. That, I did not know that the first time we went out there, but I know <laughs> that like, now. Where's my build? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like, what do you mean by build? Yeah. But now I know that means experience points to to put towards your character for the next game. Now, we had a really good time the last time. Yeah, Nerf uh, Guns. Yeah, Nerf Guns. It, it was fairly uh, uh, low-key. You know, we were just, you know, meeting these people for the first time. And so they were nice people? The really, really nice, very welcoming folks. And we'd love to see, you know, more steampunks come out. Definitely. It is a, a fantasy genre that is sort of moving into the steampunk mm-hmm scene so uh flavio and i were really the only ones dressed yeah, in we top hats mm-hmm. they liked us though they liked our outfits and uh we need more of that uh come out bring some guns i don't know what we're gonna i'm gonna try to think of something unusual to do uh during the event that isn't just Walk shoot, up and shoot somebody shoot <laughs> monsters get gold not that there's not anything wrong with that but uh, uh it'll be fun Especially if you are in the Colleen area, I know there's the Central Texas Steampunk community out yep. there. Come, come play. Right, it's come, right in your backyard. Fun. Yeah, and if you're not a combatant, you know, if you don't want to run around swinging swords or shooting guns, they have stuff to do for non-combatants as well. That's all. Which is more more what I'm I'm looking to apply myself to. Mm-hmm. I want to. Yeah, yeah. Keep see, keep things running and interesting and in character. Because <laughs> um, you're, you're getting too old to run around and shoot guns and swing swords. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I can swing swords with the best of them. I know, I'm kidding. I'm just lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Memphis. Hi. That is our resident Corgi. He's uh, celebrating the new year. Should I mention the January Corgi meetup? We have to now. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, Memphis's way of inviting you all to the January 21st January Corgi meetup. This will be held Sunday, January 21st at uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Cedar Bark Park, which is at 2525 West New Hope Drive, Cedar Park, Texas. And the Corgi uh, Meetup group says, join us for our first 2018 Corgi Meetup. This is a gated and off-leash dog park with a section for large dogs and another section for smaller dogs. We typically meet and take over the small dog section. And uh, if you go to the Austin Corgi Lovers Facebook page, you RSVP. Did you say that Memphis was a big dog with just short legs? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, corgis are, are not small dogs because I've been buying costumes for him. <laughs> I have to purchase the large size dog costume. They are not small dogs. They just have stumpy little legs, which makes them so cute. <laughs> and uh, if we get around to it in time, Memphis will be wearing his P.T. Barnum outfit as oh, the greatest boy. dog on earth. <laughs> awesome. He's a little vest and coat and hat. And hat. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much everything. Much. Yeah. Um, once again, uh, thank you guys for listening. It's been a great year. Uh, once again, Facebook, Texas Steampunk Connection. That's where, we're, that's where we're most active, so talk to us on there. Let us know, you know if, you, if there's anything going on out there that you want us to get out to the peoples, let us know. We can also be found through uh, Fanboy TV. Yep. FanboyTV.com has a number of programs, both uh, podcasts and YouTube-based, you know, television-style programs. A lot of it geek-centric. I think pretty much every yeah, it's everything all geek-centric. Yeah. Uh, that are, are definitely worth looking through, and uh, if you're into this, you might be into that. Uh, like I said, we got. I now have a Twitter on the Texas theme, Tex, TX Steampunk Connection, or at 
TX Steam Connect. I don't know how it works, but you can find us. If you know if you know Twitter, you can find us. Hooray. <laughs> I will do my best to keep up with it. But if I don't answer something on Twitter, it's because I don't understand it. But I'll figure it out. <laughs> but we do want to thank you all for sticking with us and listening through to any 17. Enjoy your black eyed peas, greens, and cornbread. Good luck in the new year, and we look forward to uh, talking to you. Yep, stay tuned for Texas Steampunk Connection 3.0. All right, <laughs> until next time. Uh, mind, mind your, your gauges. the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find the links to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind, mind your gauges. gauges.